fully equal in stature and strength to himself. The contrast which the two presented was striking. The African was tawny, with glossy, curling hair and glittering eyes. The Batavian was light in complexion, with blonde hair and keen gray eyes. It was hard to tell which had the advantage, so nearly were they matched in every respect, but as the former had already fought for some time, it was thought that the odds were rather against him. The contest, however, began with great spirit and eagerness on both sides. The Batavian struck tremendous blows, which were parried by the adroitness of the other. The African was quick and furious, but he could do nothing against the cool and wary defense of his vigilant adversary. At length, at a given signal, the battle was suspended, and the gladiators were led away, not through anything like mercy or admiration, but simply through a shrewd understanding of the best mode of satisfying the Roman public. It was well understood they would return again. Now a large number of men were led into the arena. These were still armed with the short sword. In a moment they had begun the attack. It was not a conflict between two sides, but a general fight, in which every man attacked his neighbor. Such scenes were the most bloody and therefore the most exciting. A conflict of this kind would always destroy the greatest number in the shortest time. The arena presented a scene of dire confusion— Five hundred armed men in the prime of life and strength all struggled confusedly together. Sometimes they would all be interlocked in one dense mass. At other times they would violently separate into widely scattered individuals with a heap of dead upon the scene of the combat. But these would assail one another again with undiminished fury. Separate combats would spring up all around. The victors in these would rush to take parts in others until at last the survivors had once more congregated in one struggling crowd. At length their struggles became weaker. Out of five hundred, but one hundred remained, and these were wearied and wounded. Suddenly a signal was given, and two men leapt into the arena and rushed from opposite sides upon this crowd. They were the African and the Batavian. Fresh from their repose, they fell upon the exhausted wretches before them, who had neither the spirit to combine nor the strength to resist. It became a butchery. These two giants slaughtered right and left without mercy, until they alone stood upright upon the arena, and the applause of the innumerable throng came down in thunder to their ears. The two again attacked each other and attracted the attention of the spectators while the bodies of the wounded and slain were being removed. The combat was as fierce as before and precisely similar. The African was agile, the Batavian cautious. But finally the former made a desperate thrust— the Batavian parried it and returned a stroke like lightning. The African sprang back and dropped his sword, but he was too late, for the stroke of his foe had pierced his left arm. As he fell, a roar of joy arose from one hundred thousand human beings. But this was not the end, for even while the conqueror stood over his victim, the attendants sprang forward and drew him away. Yet the Romans knew, and the wounded man knew, that it was not mercy." He was merely to be reserved for a later but certain fate. "'The Batavian is a skillful fighter, Marcellus,' said one young officer to a companion among the group which has been alluded to. "'He is indeed, Lasulus,' replied the other. "'I do not think that I ever saw a better gladiator. Indeed, both of them were much better than common. "'They have a better man than either inside there. "'Ah, who is he?' "'The gladiator Mesa. I think he is about the best I have ever seen. "'I have heard of him.' Do you think he will be out today? I understood so. The short conversation was interrupted by a loud roar which came from the vivarium, a place where the wild beasts were confined. 
It was a fierce and terrific roar, such as the most savage beasts give when they are at the extremity of hunger and rage. Soon iron gratings were flung open by men from above, and a tiger stalked forth into the arenas. He was from Africa, whence he had been brought but a few days previously. He had been kept three days without food, and his furious rage, which hunger and confinement had heightened to a terrible degree, was awful to behold. Lashing his tail, he walked round the arena, gazing with bloodshot eyes upward at the spectators. But their attention was soon diverted to another object. From the opposite side, a man was thrust out into the arena. He had no armor, but was naked like all gladiators, with the simple exception of a cloth round his loins. Bearing in hand the customary short sword, he advanced with a firm pace toward the center of the scene. All eyes at once were fixed upon this man. Macer! Macer! was called round.